Hey guys, it's Sarah. I just needed to provide a little bit of context before this episode gets started. Unfortunately, Liv and I were not able to get together to record our next month's batch of episodes as soon as we wanted on account of me being afflicted with a cold. So we've decided to split this week's episode up into two. So you're getting the first half now and the second half will be out next week. So please forgive the rather abrupt end this week. Um, All will be resolved next week, I promise. Enjoy, guys. Thanks for listening. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Liv. That's cute. Um, How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. The weather is putting me in such a cozy fall mood. Should we reveal what day we're recording this on? We should. We're recording this on Halloween. It's Halloween, and it's perfect because we are doing some spooky short stories. We are doing some spooky short stories today. I am so, so excited. We aren't doing anything for Halloween this year. We aren't going out or anything. No. Which is fine. Very 22 and living in different cities of us. Yeah, we're gonna, we were considering maybe going out and then it was very gray and cold this morning. And now we're going to stay in and watch Pearl. It's gonna be superior to going out and doing trivia and losing at trivia inevitably. Truthfully, I do feel like we would win at trivia. I feel like we would be good at trivia, but whenever trivia is happening at the restaurant I work at, I try to answer the questions like as I hear them and I am truly not knowing the answers. But aren't you? I'm really good at Jeopardy. I am also really good at Jeopardy. Can we go on Jeopardy? We I have applied to Jeopardy. I have too. I did the test. I did it too. I they did didn't not, pick me. They did not email me. They my ass did not get an email from Jeopardy. Well the thing about the Jeopardy test is that you have to like type the answers. The test was hard. It was hard. And real Jeopardy's not that hard. <laughs> no. Sometimes. Sometimes real Jeopardy is that hard. When they whip out a geography question, I'm done. Yeah, my ass is clueless. I don't know geography. I don't either. I also don't know sports. And that's I like, do. That's fair. That's like two of the ten categories that trivia at the restaurant. The literature is. stuff I typically know. I typically know those. I usually know music stuff. I don't really know a lot of movie stuff though. I know a medium amount about the like director, music, movie, like general category okay. that they do, and I know a medium amount about the sports category just because um I grew up in like a very sports oriented family. That's very you fair. Know. I know almost all of the like science and nature related questions though. I get a lot of those as well. I feel like there's a category that we're missing that I'm really good at. Oh, um, the spelling categories or like the like the grammar and spelling categories, which aren't as common. I'm really, I always know those. I think the writing portion or the like grammar portion of the um, ACT was my highest score. I think I blacked out during the ACT. (laughs) I don't remember a goddamn thing. I de- my score was good. Yeah. But I don't remember a fucking thing. That's so valid. I blacked out during presentations in school and I just realized it recently. Oh, absolutely. I was dissociating. I was sweating and hot. Right? I think because that's I... one of the few times in my life I've actually dissociated or like one of the few instances is yeah. during any presentation because I used to sit down and I would be like, how did I do? Because I truly had no idea. That's very fair. I would remember the first sentence I said. And then and, I was out. Yeah. I was and gone. And then, like, if I messed something up, I would remember that. But the rest of it, it was truly coming from a place in my soul I had no access to. Yeah, which is why we had to... Ooh. Oh. The girls scared. are fighting. The girls are literally fighting. Oh, my God. Wait, Mocha's, like, rubbing her face on that toy. Oh, my God. Wait. She's Wait, so you guys, cute. she's being so cute. Mocha is my uh, fluffiest of the babies. And also the oldest. And the one you've had longest. Yeah, she's my... That's my daughter. I literally carried her in my womb. 
He literally did. And I birthed her myself. I remember when Mocha could fit in one hand. God, she was so tiny. Mayhaps on the Instagram we'll post some, like, a cat intro. Just, um, I think we should. Because we've talked about them, like, a lot of times. We really do be mentioning the Well, cats. they're here. Next one from me, record at Sarah's apartment. Uh, they will not be here. You, you're not going to bring all three of your cats to Knoxville? That's crazy. <laughs> I'll bring Mocha. <laughs> <laughs> I think she'd hate it. She would be pissed. Actually, she'd just think I moved again because it's about time I move. Sad. I'm not going to move, but, like, it is around that time. That's so sad. She thinks you're moving. She's such a resilient little girl. No, she's lived in six houses. Oh, my God. That's crazy, actually. Yeah, she's lived in six unique locations, and she's only three years old, which is not so bananas. That is, what did you say last night? Not so bonkers been kablamo or something. <laughs> yeah, kablamo was in there too. That was crazy. Sarah and I were editing the pod last night at like midnight and we were laughing at ourselves. Which is terrible. Terrible, Un- terrible. We were having so much fun though. It was truly, I'm kind of sad that we're going to be editing them separately, like for the most part, because it's really fun to edit them together. It is. So I feel like it will still be funny even if we're listening to it separately. Oh, 100. I'm and I will to... be texting you like, oh, my God. Listen we're to the be pod at one hour. Voice recordings Literally. Of the, yeah. I'll send you timestamps. Oh like, listen God. at 58 minutes. Like in, it's like, like in YouTube comments. Her <laughs> ass at 58.15. Bro, what? <laughs> Go to bed. Oh, my God. The ghost in the background at 2.06. <laughs> like, it was just like their dog. Literally, or like one of those little whiskeys in the air. The culture on in the comments of YouTube videos is crazy to me, and I don't think anyone talks about it. Yeah, I don't be in the YouTube comments truly. So I, you do spend a lot of time on YouTube. Well, I'm, I I do spend a lot of time on YouTube. I watch. I do mostly now watch YouTube on my TV though. Love. So I'm not on in the comments because I'm just like on my phone doing something separate. That's probably better. I don't know if it's better or worse. I The fact that I have to be doing two or three things at the same time to feel entertained is bad. Oh, for sure. I just mean it's probably better that you're not exposed to the YouTube comments. Yeah, most of the places I, I watch YouTube videos, the comments aren't too bad. I think okay. they're probably well, the good. worst on TMG. That checks out because that's a mostly male men. audience. Yeah, unfortunately. Shout out to Cody Co. Shout out to Cody Co. Something that can be so personal to me, truly. I'm neutral on Noah Miller. I don't trust him. He has a new special out, and I'm very... It's, a, like, an hour-long set, and I'm very interested to watch it. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Oh, my God. Mocha's, like, wrapped up in a toy. We're going to stop talking about Mocha, because she's doing the same thing she was earlier. <laughs> and it's just, still just as cute. It's still just as cute. I do like when my friends indulge me when I every time I say, look at my cat. Oh, for sure. Cats yeah. are so entertaining to look at. No, I agree. And sometimes it's like they're just laying there. Absolutely. And it's like, that's perfect. It is. I every didn't used to get that. when Like, when I had friends... When I was younger, because I grew up with dogs, no cats, mm. I they would like show me a picture of their cat, and they would just be like like laying there, and I was like, yeah, that's a nice cat, mm-hmm. but I didn't understand, like yeah, but like that. now I get it. Like when someone shows me a picture of their cat doing anything, I'm like, oh, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> that's, that's a baby. She's playing with her tail. Oh my god, she's perfect. she's catnipped out right now is the thing. She there's catnip in that toy. She's oh. tweaking. She's <laughs> Mocha is tweaking. What the fuck were we talking about? Noel Miller. Noel Miller. Holy shit. We yeah, are. no, I, I feel neutral about Noel Miller. I think his sense of humor isn't um it's not exactly like my sense of humor. Do you know That's what I fair. mean? But I still think he's funny. I like Cody and Noel together, and yes. I like Cody separately, but, but I, don't I don't think like I Noel, would separately. Like Noel separately. I agree. I am going to watch his uh hour long set and I'm gonna see what I think. Yeah. Maybe um, we can watch that later together. 
Yeah. While we make our poster, perhaps. Yes. Smart. Genius. Big things to come and in the form of a poster. We're moving in silence. Oh, big no. things coming. Big things coming. It's a fucking poster. <laughs> it's literally big. Well, it will already exist by the time they do this. Which does um, shatter the illusion that we aren't recording in batches. Well, anyway, we record in batches of four because Sarah and I live four hours apart. So we get together and we'll be getting together once a month yes. to record and edit four episodes in one weekend. And then we part ways. <laughs> yeah. Like ships in the night. Like ships <laughs> in the night. We caress, we lightly caress our, each other's bows. And we do. <laughs> Careless whisper plays. That was good. That was your best one today. Me and Sam have been doing that all fucking morning. Oh my god, can we tell them about the horrors at the restaurant? So we went out to breakfast this morning, and we both ordered a like different variation of Eggs Benedict and a side of potatoes, because we are carb bitches. So we, we said we are carbo-loading for the pod. Carbo-loading? <laughs> yeah, you never heard that? Carb-loading. No, but I think people say carbo-loading. That's even better. I've never heard that. Maybe they don't, and I just heard them. I think you made that up. That's right. People who run marathons. Slide into the comments and tell me if you say carbo loading. Let's ask Hannah, who has run a half marathon. She and she did, and I'm so proud. She's so strong and brave. I'm pretty sure it's carbo loading. I'm gonna loading. Google carbo loading. Actually, um, carbo loading great. comes up on Google. Oh, it is carbo loading. What? It's in the dictionary. Holy shit! I've never heard of it that way. Bitch. Oh my god. Okay. Carbo loading. Consume a large quantity of carbohydrates, especially in order to increase stores of glycogen in the muscles before taking part in a sporting event correct we had to get our glycogen our asses needed glycogen (laughs) it's glycogen (laughs) it is glycogen and i did know that because i I remember i remember learning about cells in 10th grade we learned about cells i learned a little bit about. if there's one thing we were learning it was the parts of the cell um, yeah, they really hammered that in, huh? They really did. I have learned that every, in every single fucking science class I took in for my degree. Well, I took astronomy and I got a B <laughs> in college. <laughs> I also Crazy. took math 151 and got a B. Crazy. Good for you. Math is hard, bitch. Math is hard. And you know what? Astronomy was mostly physics. And you know what I can't fucking do? I can't do physics. Girl, physics is so... I don't understand physics. I truly do not. I can't conceptualize it. It is really hard. I don't get it. Um, oh my god! So we were carb loading at the restaurant. Carbo loading at yeah, the restaurant. Yeah, bitch. We were carbo loading. I look up carb loading also because okay. I feel like that is also a word for it. It's a, it, it's also here, but it's not in the dictionary. Interesting. So we were at the restaurant. Jesus <laughs> and the waitress was super nice, and she like checked on us right after she brought our food. We were doing well. All we had taken a bite of was the potatoes because they're so easy to take a bite of and they were hot and delicious. And then we bite into our eggs, Benedict, and bitch, it is so cold. Even the egg was cold. The, the egg, egg of cold. it all was also cold. And a cold poached egg with hollandaise sauce on top, which is supposed to be warm, being cold, terrible. It was an awful sensory experience. At first, I didn't say anything because mm-hmm. Sarah As we hates know, to send shit back. She hates to complain <clears> about stuff because she knows... Like how what how nightmarish it is as the server to be on like the receiving end of that. Truly. And really, in all fairness, if you're polite about it, I really don't mind. Right. Unfortunately, right. though, 
the food was like not edible because of alcohol. Yeah, so I so like I ate all of my potatoes and like drank my coffee and then I was like, Sarah, my food is cold. Sarah. And she was like, My food is also cold. And I was like, Okay, we have to send it back. And the waitress didn't come over for another like five to ten minutes. Yeah, so, so we're we both... were sitting there having yeah. like a low grade panic attack, I feel. Yeah. In the in the restaurant in the first watch. Yeah. And then she brought over our receipt because in that restaurant you pay up front so it was just kind of like whenever you guys are ready (laughs) and I was like I'm so sorry queen but um our food was really really cold is there any way you could reheat it and she was like we don't have a microwave unfortunately I was like I expected that but I'm so sorry and she was like it's okay we'll just remake it it was so nice she was really nice about it. And then it. they they remade it, and our food was so hot and literally ten times more delicious. It was delicious. infinitely better. We scarfed that shit down. We did. It was so good the second time. It was delicious. Yeah, I think next time if we do that again, we should go and we should get like the same things that we did, but we should split an eggs Benedict. I think that's smart. And get a side of cheesy grits. <gasps> True. Me and Sarah love grits. I, we are our grit lovers. We do be from the South. We do be well, from the South. I'm not like from the South. Well, neither am but, I, but. Yeah. I'm from the South in terms of longevity. I've been here the longest, so. That's very like, true. Like, out of the rest of my life is what I mean. Not the longest out of I've anyone here, in the South. I've been here longer than any of you bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been in the South for um, all but eight months of my life, so. But my family is oh, wow. all, yeah. My family is all from the North. Yeah. So I was raised in like northern tradition almost like yeah, but I, I feel that. grew up in the south around all the southerners. So I am a I am at my core a very southern person. Yes. And I do be loving grits. Oh, girl, I love grits. I love cornbread. I love fried chicken. Oh, I, oh my yes. god, girl. Have you ever tried sweet grits? No, that sounds spectacular. I would love that. Really? Because I love sweet oatmeal. That's fair. You ever had rice pudding? Yes, I you love seem rice like pudding. A, I was going to say, you seem like a bitch that likes rice pudding. I do really like rice I've pudding. I've never had it, and I think I might die if I ate it. I think that sounds like a textural nightmare. It is basically the same texture as grits, just a little bit bigger. But it's cold and sweet. So it's like cold oatmeal. I wouldn't eat cold oatmeal, I don't um, feel. I eat, like, overnight oats out of the fridge. I Overnight oats gross me out. I've never even eaten them. Fair enough. I love them. I usually do... Um, blueberries or like cut up strawberries in there too so it's like a little bit of fruit and makes that's lovely you're not a fruit girl though so it's a texture problem unfortunately I like the taste of every fruit and I hate the texture of it I love a smoothie though that's fair I could never bring myself to make a a smoothie girl you should be making the problem is that I have to take out several components out of my fridge and pantry and freezer and for some reason that feels insurmountable to me your Sisyphean boulder is making My, a smoothie. One must imagine Olivia feeling happy while making her smoothie. Have you heard that? One must imagine Sisyphus feeling happy rolling his boulder <gasps> up the mountain. No, I love that. Yeah, which is cute. That is kind of cute. Sisyphus, his ass was not happy. So I do think that's stupid, but I also, like, when you compare, like, your struggle to a Sisyphusian struggle, I do like the idea that, like, maybe he was happy and you could too. I do kind of like You that. two could be happy if you just tried hard enough. <laughs> Don't be depressed. Wait, what's that? Oh, uh, like it, no, uh, don't kill yourself. You're so sexy. Yes, but I'm thinking of the picture. It was like Nash Greer or someone like that on Twitter, and he was like, "Don't be depressed. Just go out and make friends." It was probably Nash Greer. <laughs> we knew Nash Greer. We, Did I ever speak to him? No. We knew Hayes Greer. Hayes Greer was our age. That's true. So Nash was older. Okay, we had two degrees of separation from Nash Greer. Yeah, I'm did. back. We're better. I forgot Hayes was the one that we knew. Yes. 
um, crazy. I remember one day he was like supposed allegedly at a, a football game. game that we were at. Yeah. A and football everyone game. was freaking everyone out. Was geeked. And I was like, because <laughs> you know that like Disney Channel thing where it's like, I don't even care about the celebrity boy. No, literally. That was us. That was We were us. like, we don't even give a toot. But I did want to see him. To yeah, see him I was like, I, I have to know what's going on. But I right. was like, I don't even care. And like, we didn't see him. No, he wasn't there. But he, no, I think he was. We really? just, we were not involved because all the other girls were like swarming him. And I was like, I am cooler than them. I was not. We weren't. But I, we in were fact, was uninterested. So reflecting on how i didn't like any celebrity boys <laughs> i always had a crush on a celebrity i did, did. i was we, just picking one i know and i was not i was like deeply obsessed in an unhealthy way yeah i agree but the thing about a celebrity boy or a fictional boy is that they are completely unattainable you don't have to actually interact with you them. don't have to actually interact with them they can be exactly whatever you want them to be in your head and they were and they were and that was what i needed mm-hmm. <laughs> a man in my head <laughs> Well, I think we should get down yeah, to we're that at, short we're story at of it all. 24 minutes, so. Today we're going to be talking about a couple of spooky short stories. We read a ton of short stories in, in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of teachers like to do them as an introduction, to, like, kind of at the beginning of the school year. Yeah. You know, kind of ease you into it. They're not throwing you into a book right away. Specifically, we read a few in freshman year that are particularly memorable. We mm-hmm. had a we had a teacher that we had twice who loved a short story. He loved a short he story. He loved a short story. So we used to have those big fat textbooks, yeah, that had like pages and pages of short stories in them. So he would like you know pick one and then we would analyze it and whatever. So we have a couple spooky ones today. So Sarah's going to start with her spooky story. She's going to tell me a little bit about it. Now these are spooky stories we've both read, but not for a very long time. So. She reread hers and I reread mine. So the story that I will be talking about is The Cask of Amontillado by Edgar Allan Poe. Ooh. First note, I forgot that it was by Edgar Allan Poe. Truly. Yeah, I did too. I, I had completely forgotten. I do think about this story about once a week, I would say. I truly do too. I think about this story a lot and I really didn't remember any details no, me neither. I remembered, like, I think I remember what happens at the end, but I just remember being, like, gagged and gooped by how weird it was. Because we were in ninth grade, so we really hadn't experienced a lot of that, like, weird, no, of course, like, type we of literature. We have been reading weird stories. Um, so this story was published in 1846, which is, again, older than I thought. I don't know why I thought Edgar Allan Poe was alive in the 1900s, but... Anyways. That's about when I thought Edgar Allan Poe was alive. Yeah, it feels appropriate for Mr. Poe. So and then his cr- ravens and crows and such. Wait, his ravens and crows and such. Quoth the raven. <laughs> or whatever it is. So this story involves two main characters. The narrator, his name or his family name is Montresor. We don't know his. It sure is. It that, is. Uh, immediately I am having visions uh-huh. and memories. Visions of Montresor. Um, we don't learn his first name or anything, but that's his family name, and that's what matters. And the other character is uh, named Fortunato, and that is his like enemy in this. That is story. his op. That is. <laughs> that is his fucking op, bitch. Fortunato is his op. So the story opens with. Truly the craziest sentence I've ever heard. So I'm just going to read it because we need to unpack it. It starts with the thousand injuries of Fortunato I had borne as best I could. But when he ventured upon insult, I vowed revenge. 
Jesus Christ, girl. So basically, Fortunato is beating his ass. Fortunato is beating his ass on the daily. <laughs> it seems. So essentially, Fortunato is like a really popular guy. He kind of likes to joke around, and Montresor puts up with it. It's fine. He likes Fortunato okay. But then Fortunato insults his family, like his family name. Oh, girl. That's what the main insult is over an injury. So he vows revenge. And I miss a time when you could vow revenge. Literally. I need to vow revenge. And this man is crazy about it. He says, and I specifically remember our teacher reading this sentence in his specific voice. Okay, we'll know it. We'll know it. I must not only punish, but punish with impunity. I remember it. Can you picture that in his voice? Mm-hmm. So, I also remember he pronounced it Montressor. My God, I forgot he that. He would say Montressor. He would say Montressor. It's Montressor. Yeah. Like, for it, sure. M- much like Montessori, if you will. It, it The Montessori of Would it you all. raise your kids? This is so off topic. I was in Montessori. I Were would send you? my kids to Montessori school. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think I would send them to Montessori school, but I would raise them Montessori at home. Interesting. I was only in Montessori school up until first grade. And then I went to a regular elementary school. I like that. I so I feel good. like that was appropriate. I, I think was... Montessori encourages flexible thinking in a very valuable way. That's true. I agree. So he says, at length, I would be avenged. He is really committed. He is going lengths. He is going lengths to avenge his family name. So he says he's going to punish with impunity. Basically, okay. he needs this wrong to be resolved without any chance of retribution or you know backlash from from Fortunato or from anyone else he damn bitch I know he's that's the first paragraph that's all we we don't even know really what Fortunato has done to him we don't even know who Fortunato is really right and we don't even really know who our narrator is Montresor is we have no idea his name is not mentioned until much later in the story. Interesting. Okay. You don't really know who he is. Well, he is the narrator, so he doesn't introduce himself, so to speak. Right, but like there's no context. <clears throat> no, literally not. As to if he's ever acted this way before or anything like that. Nope, not even a little bit. He just vows that he's going to enact the most permanent revenge he can on this man. So that's crazy. And then he immediately says, right after, he says he's going to continue to be friendly to Fortunato. He's going to smile in his face. And this is psychopathic. He says that Fortunato does not perceive that his smile now is at the thought of his immolation. Girl. Which is crazy. This man is fantasizing about ending Fortunato. That is so very Edgar Allan Poe. And also so very psychopathic. It really is. I literally underlined that and wrote psychopathic. Um, (laughs) So the way that... Montresor decides to go about um, ending Fortunato is to play to his weakness, which is his ego is pretty high, especially when it comes to his knowledge of wine. Montresor says that Fortunato prides himself on his connoisseurship in wine. Um, But then he also says that Montresor himself is also very skilled in the Italian vintages. Well, and of course he is. And of course he is. He has to throw that in there. He says, and I am also. Because he can't let Fortunato be better than him in that regard. No. Here's what we know about Fortunato. He's very egotistical when it comes to um, his knowledge, his intelligence. Um, So let's play to that. We'll figure that out. 
Um, but don't forget how smart I am too. But also, don't forget that I'm also really rich and can buy a lot of wine and I know a lot about it. Then he sets the scene, the setting in which the interaction between Fortunato and Montresor occurs is during carnival season in okay. Italy. I'm assuming we're in Italy, but I'm not 100% sure. I was also assuming we were in Italy. I think it's giving Italy. He says during the supreme madness of the carnival season. Okay. So everything is already kind of crazy. Everybody's a little bit off their rocker a little bit, kind of wilding out, if you will, during the <laughs> carnival season. Yeah. So he runs into Fortunato on the street and Fortunato's very drunk. And he is wearing essentially a jester costume, which is something that I forgot. <laughs> that becomes, it, it's not important at all, but like in the context of what happens later, that's very funny. It is very funny. And I agree. It's very ironic. It is. So he sees Fortunato and he decides to tell him that he has received a pipe of a wine called Amontillado. Um, which is a very expensive kind of rare Spanish wine. And Fortunato is like, no way, dude. During carnival season, you got that great wine. There's literally no way. That's crazy. That's crazy. And Montresor is like, yeah, I don't know. It was a really good price, but, you know, like, ugh, I just need an expert to tell me whether or not it's real. And Fortunato is like, well, you know, like, I'm pretty good at that. And Montresor is like, no, like, you enjoy the carnival. I could never bother you. I'm going to go ask this other guy, Lucchese. And Fortunato says, Lucchese cannot tell Amontillado from Sherry, which is a crazy insult. Bars. Gagged. Literally gagged Lucchese. And Montresor is like, well, if you insist, like, you don't have to help me, but like, I guess I'd be good. And Fortunato is so pleased to be helping. He is so excited to be able to taste this supposed Amontillado and to help out his friend Montresor. He's thrilled. So they get back to Montresor's palazzo and he has already dismissed his staff. As it is carnival season, he can tell them to just go out and party. He said, go have fun. He said, go have fun. So they are in the house alone. And then they begin to enter the vaults, the wine vaults. So they start walking down there. And the vaults are very damp and gross. And Why did I think they were in catacombs? They they are. Okay, I'm but sorry. we're getting there. I'm sorry, babe. I jumped <laughs> ahead. So they get into the vaults and they're damp and they're encrusted with nitre, which is like a mineral kind of gross thing on the wall. Ew. On the walls. Yeah, it's gross. So they start walking in and they bring some torches with them. It's going to be dark, obviously. And then once they get through the vaults it's once they get through the entrance to the vaults it is um it is evident that they are catacombs it's the catacombs of the montresors which is creepy and scary yeah terrifying because that's just there's a whole bunch of dead bodies in there yeah absolutely and there are just skulls in the Lots walls and shit right skulls. for sure Lots for sure skulls. that's kind of the visual that we're getting so we're in some catacombs and Fortunato starts coughing, allegedly because of all of the mineral on the walls and, like, the dampness. It's very much affecting him. Fortunato and said, I am allergic to mold, bitch. He said, I'm allergic to mold. And Montresor is imploring him to turn back. He's like, no, no, you're coughing. You're so sick. We can't do this. Like, it's fine. And he says, he literally says to him, 
You are rich, respected, admired, beloved. You are happy as once I was. You are, a man, you are a man to be missed. We will go back. And then he's like, I'll just ask Lucchese. And Fortunato is like, bitch, you cannot ask Lucchese. Lucchese doesn't know like I do. Lucchese cannot tell Amontillado from Sherry. That is so, such a good insult. I know it really is. I'm going to be using that. No, you're not. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> When are you going to say that? I don't know, but I'll find a that scenario. That bitch, she cannot tell Amontillado <laughs> from Sherry. And then no one around you gets it and it's silent. <laughs> and that would happen. Yeah, and then you would have to go home, probably. Leave the hang early. <laughs> Mom, can you pick me up? They didn't understand my, my task of Amontillado <laughs> reference. <laughs> so Fortunato is like, no, the cough is nothing. It will not kill me. I shall not die of a cough. Montresor replies, true, true. Methinks that is foreshadowing. Maybe something later will happen to him, maybe later. <laughs> Red flags are going up, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's the ambulance, maybe. Call an ambulance, but not for me. Hoctal. So good. We've been saying hoptal all weekend, unfortunately. We have. It's it's a disease. Um, maybe we should go to the hoptal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, so Montresaurus gives him some wine to fix the cough. And Fortunato is oh. already drunk. So he's like, I will drink the wine. He drinks the wine. Should I be having wine for my cough? Drink some wine for your cough, babe. <laughs> what harm could it do? You know how they used to give whiskey to babies when they were sick? Need. They'd be like, give that baby a little bit of whiskey. <laughs> you know what that baby needs? Some whiskey, some brown liquor, babe. <laughs> Causing liver failure at a young age. Girl, that's why all those babies were dying. I'm sure it wasn't the whiskey. It was, it was the, the cholera. It was the rampant disease. It was mad cow disease. <laughs> Mad cow disease. Christ, we can't quote our own podcast already. Not yet. That's <laughs> terrible. Okay, um, so he gives him some wine to dull the pain. So he gives him some wine, and Fortunato takes it, and he says, I drink to the buried that repose around us. Very respectful, actually. And then Montresor says, and I to your long life. Wee wee wee. <laughs> That's the foreshadowing bell, babe. That's the sound of the police. <laughs> And so they're walking through the catacombs. Fortunato is complimenting how beautiful they are. He's like, these are very extensive. Montresor saying, oh, you know, I had a huge family. We go back. We go way back. I love your cave tombs, babe. I love your cave tombs, Montresor, I love your cave tombs. Montresor, show me your cave tombs. Montresor, this tunnel is very elaborate. It's very <laughs> damp and dark. And very damp and I'm coughing, but the wine is great. So as they're walking through the catacombs, Fortunato is complimenting how beautiful and extensive they are. And he asks um, Montresor about his family arms and motto. So important kind of visual here. The arms of the Montresors is a huge human foot crushing a serpent whose fangs are embedded in the heel of the foot. What a terrible family logo. I know, kind of gross. But the motto is, now forgive me, I didn't ever take Latin, but it's 
<laughs> Forgive my Latin. Forgive my, pardon my Latin. Um, it's Nemo me impune lacessit, which translates to, get this, no one attacks me with impunity. Let's remember the first paragraph. Do y'all remember the word impunity from earlier? I do. <laughs> I remember it. And Fortune Auto's just like, cool, sounds good, guys. Like, that's really great. And I they love keep that. going. And like multiple, multiple times as they're going, Montresor is like, oh my God, you're still coughing. We need to go back. We need to go back. And Fortunato is like, no, dude, I want to taste your Amontillado. Once Montresor and Fortunato reach the end of these catacombs, there is an interior little crypt area. And Montresor just kind of tells Fortunato to walk in there. And it's described that three of the walls are entirely lined with bones, whereas the fourth wall, kind of like where the entrance is, is loose bones. So there's like an entrance there. Loose bones is crazy. Yeah. It's like Whose it bones was, are they? Like it was a wall and then now it's not. It's just a bunch of leg bones. It definitely and skulls, I guess it says in the fashion of the great catacombs of Paris. I listened to a really long podcast episode one time about the catacombs and like how they burned them and stuff and that, or how did. they built them. It was on Ologies. It was really cool. That's really cute. I listened to like a two hour long podcast about body farms. Period. We have a body farm at YouTube. No. Do you really? Have you ever been to it? No, but I have dissected or like looked at bodies from the body farm. That is so cool. It was really cool. Not to sound disgustingly morbid, but that is so cool. It was really really I love a body farm. I think it's so nice for science that that's like a thing now. Yeah. Amazing. Thing. Of course. So Fortunato is like really confused. He's like, like he's what? Shmammered. He is shmammered and also confused. He's like, what is this little space? <laughs> and Montresor says, go in there. The Amontillado's in there. And Fortunato's like, okay, yeah, sure, I'm going in there. Going in there. Going in there. And then he reaches like the back wall of it, which he couldn't see from just outside of it. Right. The flame of their torches does not illuminate. Far, far enough in front of them. Okay. So he gets in there and then is immediately met with a wall of rock and no Amontillado to be seen. Notably. Notably no Amontillado. And Montresor immediately chains him to the wall. Okay. There are two iron staples in the wall. Okay. Um, about two feet apart. One of them is like a chain is hanging and the other one has a padlock. So he wraps the link, like the chain around his waist. So basically, Fortunato was against the wall. Leashed. Literally leashed to the wall. And then he says he's going to leave him there, which is terrifying. And Fortunato, still absolutely bewildered, cries, The Amontillado! <laughs> and Montresor goes, True, the Amontillado. And then he immediately starts reconstructing the wall. That was broken down in front of, like, the little entrance. So he takes, like, a trowel out of his cloak. And he starts, like, rapidly brick-and-mortaring the fucking wall. And Fortunato is, like, crying out. He's His drunkenness is wearing off because he's, you know, kind of entering fight-or-flight mode at this moment. Yeah. He is chained to the wall in a fucking tomb which is terrifying, and there is no wine to be found. There is nary a cask of Amontillado. Nary a cask of Amontillado. And this is really fucked up. When Fortunato starts, like, kind of moaning and crying and screaming, 
Montresor stops working so that he can enjoy the cries. He he admits that. Girl. He says that, which is really crazy. So he continues building this. It takes him like a couple of hours, but it would. Uh, of course, yeah, he's building an entire wall. Where did he get some mortar? Uh, it was down there. It was under the bones that he had like kind of taken down. He he set it up. He said, "Get ready with me to seal my friend into a wall." <laughs> Would love the vlog of Home this. improvement vlog, sealing my friend into a wall. Okay, guys, so I just thought it was high time I did something with this wall of bone. So today I'm going to deconstruct it, put a guy behind it, and then reconstruct the wall. And then I'm, gonna... and then I'm going to paint it millennial gray. And then I'm going to put shiplap over the bone. <laughs> what would you have to think is in that scary dark room for you to go in there. Girl, I have such a good answer. Your cats? Not my, well, yes, my cats, but specifically okay. if somebody put like a cell phone in there playing like a kitten meowing sound and it was yeah. like, there's a kitten stuck in there. I'd be like, I'm going to go get I'm that I'm going kitten. in there. Yeah. I will be getting that kitten. And then, the, and I would be bent over looking for the kitten and they could chain me up. It would be very easy. Nice. What about you? Oh, a Mexican I'm... logger. Um, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> One singular shot of tequila. <laughs> One of those comically large wine glasses filled with tequila. I'm trying to think because I, I like Fortunato, love to know things about things. Like I love to have the he knowledge. He said there's a beaker in there with something I don't know what's in it. And you would say, I might know what's I in it. I would that say beaker. I might know what's in it. Yeah, you are much like Fortunato. Maybe I may have to seal you into the walls of my apartment. Can't wait. Apartment. If you ever put on a cloak and a black silk mask, I will know what's happening. That would be a great Halloween costume. No one would get it. But so one of us could be the clown and the other could be the the Montresor. cloak and the yeah. girl. That's actually a great Halloween that's costume. Our, that's our Halloween costume next year right here. That's fucking funny. So then Fortunato is realizing that, you know, the situation is getting dire as the brick and the brick levels are rising. The wall is nearing completion. Yes. So then he starts laughing because he's like, okay, well, Montresor must be playing a joke on me. This has to be oh. some big joke. At least that's kind of what it seems like. Um, Montresor describes his voice as very sad and he's laughing and he's like, let's get out of here. Like, we don't need to, don't even worry about the Amontillado. Like, we just need to, let's get out of here, dude. He's really like grasping at straws here. This is sad. I know it kind of is. And then the quote that is like, it's actually very hotly contested as to like what it really means. But the last thing that Fortunato says to Montresor is for the love of God, Montresor. And then Montresor replies, yes, for the love of God. And it's Bitch. very, that's like damn. gagged. And then since Montresor has really been kind of like entertaining Fortunato's cries and really sociopathically enjoying his yes. suffering. Fortunato says nothing after that. And Montresor cries out to him twice and he does not reply. So a lot of people interpret that as him kind of getting a win over Montresor. Because he's not entertaining the, you know, kind of craziness of this all. But would Fortunato even know to do that? I don't know. But he wasn't drunk anymore at this point. But what if he passed out due to lack of oxygen? Very possible. But he heard a jingling of the bells. And then he says, my heart grew sick on account of the dampness of the catacombs. Sure. 
Um, yeah. I'm not crying. I was just cutting up onions. Shut up. Bitch. Literally. I think you felt a little guilty. Maybe. So then he finishes up the wall really quick. And that's then he puts back up the bones. And that's where the story ends. He says, for the half of a century, no mortal has disturbed them, the bones. And then he ends in, in pace requiescat, which is, may they rest in peace in Latin. Damn. And that's the end of it. I kind of did remember this story better than I think I thought I did. I feel like I, I so thought too. I was missing something, but yeah. I wasn't. It's just so much shorter than I thought it was. Yeah, it's really short. I thought yeah, there is a lot of like foreshadowing and oh, like for sure. symbolism and stuff, but it, it, there Absolutely. isn't a lot of like, you can't read into it all that much. Do you no, know what I really mean? Can't. Like it's not. Yeah, it's, but that was very good. I enjoyed your retelling of it very much. Yeah. I thought it job. was. Thanks. Do you have thoughts on any parts of the story that we like maybe didn't get to, you know, touch on? Um, I do think. It is interesting that he, or Montresor, writes this, like, 50 years after it's happened. That's true. He's, like, thinking about it. He is really reminiscing on it 50 years later. And he is definitely an unreliable narrator, especially because of how, I think, flawlessly this plan goes. There's no way it was, like, that straightforward or something. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. Yeah. And he just, like, happens upon Fortunato in the street during the carnival. You know, he's alone. He gets him back to his house, and there's, like, no doubt or questioning. When they go down into, like, literally what is a tomb. For sure. And walk all the way to the back of the tomb. All the way. To the backmost wall of the tomb. Absolutely. And he really is painting himself as this, like, very smart calculated man and Fortunato as this egotistical literally bumbling fool and the jester outfit does not help with that the jester outfit I feel is very important and like him being in the black cloak exactly mask it's like yeah okay yep 100% I definitely think that there's a little bit more to it than than what he's saying no for sure I think this was a great ninth grade text agree I must admit because we were shocked. I remember we were shocked. shocked by the ending of this story in ninth grade. Absolutely. Also, we had no idea what a cask or a Montillado was. Yeah. So we like, really I had remember no idea. coming upon the story like when we started it and I was like, oh my God, these are words and I don't know what they mean. And I'm like, not sure if I really care about this. And then we started reading it and I was like, wait. Wait a minute. I'm intrigued. I, this is really good. There's a little jester and there's wine and he's killing wait. him. Something that's important to consider is that he had bells on his outfit. So the whole time they're walking through the catacombs, he is, he is jingling. jingling. Uh, and that is mentioned a couple of times. Oh, he jingles. Like when he's drinking. Sadly. Do you Literally. know that? Yes. Yes, I do. The quote says, come hither, fool. And then it says, the fool jingled miserably across the floor. Yes. So that's a wrap on the cask of Amontillado. And my final parting words for this story are, if anybody is playing to your ego and invites you into their literal tomb, don't go. Yeah, maybe think twice, at least. Gary's. 